Hey everyone, it's Kat Jones, your host. Today is February 11th, 2020. This podcast is fueled by energy drinks, and this is Queer All Year. Okay, so maybe it's also fueled by unicorns and rainbows. Mostly unicorns. Everything I have is unicorns. Anyway, like I said, I'm Kat Jones, and I am joined as always by my brother and producer, Mick G. If I was a rich man, the correct form of the word is were if you were a rich man, but if you were a rich man, then we wouldn't have a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash queerallyearpod. Go out there and get bonus episodes and uh, support us. There is now a ringtone at the $1 level. That was a good transition, McGee. Thank you. We are now going to transition back to where I usually start, which is our Facebook page, Queer All Year. Head out there and like it and get updates about things we're doing. There's some fun stuff coming up that I think we have announced or will announce. I'm not sure. But it'll probably be there. It'll probably be here first. This is a daily podcast, but it'll be there fairly either before or after. Either way, we also have a Facebook group, Queer All Year Fam, where you can hang out and post stuff and talk about rainbows and what kind of energy drinks you like. And as I have said, I almost exclusively drink Ball's energy drink. And that is not a plug. That is just, that is the official, unofficial energy drink of the Topeka High School Theater Society, which I am a part of, or was a part of, and... I'm going to plug everything. I'm just going to plug everything. I'm going to plug our Twitter and Instagram, which is Queer All Year Pod, and probably other places because McGee is in control of the social media, and I think he said he's posting 14 photos of us or something. So somewhere out there, uh, three days ago, there's 14 photos. Yeah, because that's we record ahead of time sometimes. Anyway... Um, a really big thing you can do to help us out is to subscribe and rate and review on whatever podcatcher you're using, especially, um, Apple podcasts helps us a lot. Um, I have discovered that rating and reviewing on your desktop. So if you're using iTunes, that doesn't matter. Apple just throws that out. Uh, the best place to review us for Apple Podcast is Apple Podcast, the little purple app thing. I don't know why. I don't understand Apple. Um, I'm one of those blind sheep people who just buy Apple things because I like Apple things and also because now everything I own is Apple and it like all works in tandem. But also, I just, I'm a, I'm a tool, I guess. Anyway, um... Wherever you subscribe and rate and review, um, a written review would be really great, uh, both so we know what we're doing right and because that tends to be weighed heavier in the algorithm, apparently. This is an algorithm that no one can figure out. Anyway, I talk about that too much, but it's because I find it fascinating because I used to work in like numbers and stuff like that. We're going to move on to a story because I sound crazy. I am crazy. I'm allowed to use that word because I am diagnosably crazy. Diagnosed crazy. Moving on to the raid and trial of the New Year's Ball of the Council on Religion and the Homosexual. 
which is a a name I I like a lot. It's a it's a group of religious people or was, I think, a group of religious people who were not trying to persecute the queers, which is incredible. Yay. Awesome. Um but they were having a New Year's party Mardi Gras themed because of course, like oh, yeah. Uh and they were doing it as a fundraiser and it was going to be really fun. It was going to be a fun raiser. Um, but the police didn't think it would be that much fun. This was in San Francisco and the police decided that they were just going to like go threaten the people organizing it and just be like, we're going to arrest anyone in drag. And then the council was like, no, you're not. You don't have any legal reason to do that. And the police were like, yeah, huh? And the council was like, uh, uh-uh. uh. And so the police were like, well, fine. You can have your dance. But then surprise! The day of the dance, the police blocked off the streets and took photos of everyone entering. And they scared off, I think there were supposed to be like 1,500 people at this fundraiser and only 300 were brave enough to show up and go through the doors and get photographs taken by these plainclothes officers who just wanted to be jerks like they came in declaring that they were doing fire inspections and health inspections and any other thing that they could make seem legitimate and then finally they just got bored with that and they just pushed their way in and these plainclothes officers who had video cameras just started taking video of everyone there uh four people were arrested for obstruction of justice which is just what like i I, what is justice happening there they really did not they um there there was a trial and the reason that the officers gave for raiding the party was that they were trying to enforce liquor laws which is, is like, guys, try harder, please. Because huh. um, the raid um, enraged San Francisco and really rallied support for the queer community. Um, it just, everyone was like, this is not remotely cool. And I think even people who um, maybe weren't sympathetic to the gay agenda were still like, well, th- they could raid my place just because they don't like me. So they weren't thrilled on that either. And on uh, February 11th, the judge was like, yeah, no, and instructed the jury to find the accused for people not guilty. And so this ended public tolerance of police raids on queer establishments and just like police corruption in general in San Francisco. Uh, It just brought a ton of public shame down on the entire San Fran police force there is I mean as always and I'm not I'm not bagging on the police necessarily right now definitely not but tensions are still going on in San Francisco and it is not all linked to this you know and and it's the same everywhere because everywhere you've got tension right now and we just have to figure out how to coexist in a society where we acknowledge our biases, which we all have, and then work them out and say, hey, maybe I shouldn't be doing this because 
I'm in a position of power. And that is not me talking to the police. That's actually me talking to myself right now. Anyway, um, I'm going to go from this weird thing into a little segment with McGee. Hey, it's McGee, and welcome back for a little segment. So, February 11th marks the date that Nelson Mandela was released from prison. He spent 27 years, most of the time in the notorious Robben Island prison, for involvement in the guerrilla warfare with the African National Congress, which he had founded to fight apartheid. Uh, They were originally peaceful protesters, but they later became paramilitary. After he was uh, released from prison, he went on to become the first black president of South Africa, and he was integral to the peaceful transition from apartheid to democracy. To quote Dave Chappelle, by any metric, this should have been a bloodbath. And this has been A Little Segment. All right, well, thank you for that segment. It sounded kind of bloody, but it wasn't. We're going to move on to an English painter named Simeon Solomon. I believe it's Simeon. Simeon? Simeon? How do you pronounce S-I-M-E-O-N? Someone tell me. Uh, at me. it was Simeon. Simeon. It's a fun name. Um, it's a Jewish name, which obviously, and he liked to paint about Jewish life, um, which was interesting. He, um, was painting around the mm, 18, well, before 1873-ish, um, and he was part of the pre-Raphaelites, Raphaelites, um, and the aesthetic movement so basically it was um he was part of the group that was painting and writing and creating art um as a return to emotion and artistic expression in opposition to the industrial revolutions uh staunchly um scientific and rationalized attitudes toward like nature things like that and um kind of at the time i mean it wasn't it wasn't like back in medieval times where if you were Jewish, you might have to hide it. But it was, you know, he was kind of known for like just, you know, just painting about Jewish life, you know. And then he was also openly gay and was also known for painting um, themes of homoeroticism and, you know, just totally being, it's like, this is my life. This is what I'm doing. Uh, a lot of his art depicts um, androgynous figures um, that are generally interpreted as male, um, even though they're, like, you know, I think purposely androgynous, but I'm not sure. Um, on this day in history, he, in 1918, 19, boy, he's a million years old, 1873, he was arrested in a public urinal for attempted buggery and fined 100 pounds, which which is much better than the punishment we talked about on the 8th, I think, which was, um, you know, death, but it's still not cool. I guess if it's a public place, then maybe that, but it still shouldn't be buggery. It's just, just don't, okay, just not in public. Not like, oh, I don't want to see them kissing in public. I mean, like, just don't do sexual things in public that, I mean, 
whatever. No one do sexual things in public. I don't care what your sexuality is. Stop it. He was later arrested again in Paris, and then he spent three months in prison for that one. And um, since he was uh, making art around that time, he uh, is among the famous and popular men of that time who were kind of eventually ruined for their sexuality, and that includes Oscar Wilde, who I can't wait to talk about. I just got to find the right day. Probably going to have to do a Patreon episode on Oscar Wilde. Love Oscar Wilde. Um, don't at me. Um, it also includes John Addington Simons. I think it's Simmons. I think it's Simons. See, I can't pronounce anything. And then uh, Count Eric Stenbach. Um, I know Oscar Wilde did own some of Simeon Simeon's um, paintings, uh, which we know because he he included that information in a letter he wrote later on from prison, and. Um, that makes me sad, people being in prison. Um, we're also going to move on now to a segment that I call completely random, I just pulled it out of nowhere because I want it to be fun segment. We're going to come up with a better name for that. Today, what I did for it is I decided to just draw a tarot card because I have I have this gorgeous deck. It's I'm actually going to plug it. It's called the Cosmos Tarot, and it is made by Light Gray Art Lab, and I love it. Um, I'm not, I'm not like a witch type thing, and I'm not judging people. Oh, that sounded judgy. I'm not. I'm just saying, personally, I have this belief that tarot cards, um, you ask a question, and then the interpretation of the card, like, you already know the answer in your head, unless you're asking, like, will I get the job? And then tarot cards are like, rock. I don't know. It hasn't happened yet. Um, but I think it, I use it as a psychological tool is what I'm saying. And this is a gorgeous deck. Each card is drawn by a different artist and they all have uh, corresponding constellations on them. It's just, it's gorgeous. Go out and take a look at it. It supports independent artists and stuff. So anyway, if you're not, you know, offended by tarot cards and you want to maybe get a deck just because it's gorgeous. I highly recommend it. Um, so I randomly drew um, water eight, which is eight of cups, if you you know follow normal tarot. And I wasn't really sure if I was going to include this segment, but the, the card, the meaning of it, uh, especially in the context of this deck, I felt like it was really meaningful for um, our listeners because it's a thing that I say a lot. Um, I have to say a lot in um, when working with youth and that kind of thing. So it's pretty important, I think, for our in our community to hear um, that um, perhaps you are seeking acceptance somewhere and not finding it. And um, maybe you've been feeling like things are difficult lately because it's, a lot of us have mental illness. I'm just going to say it. We really do. And we do have a hard time feeling like we found acceptance. And there is a kind person out there waiting to listen to you. So if you needed to hear this, this is me telling you that I am always here to listen and talk at you. But listen, and there is someone out there who loves you already and you don't know it. And they are just waiting for you to reach out 
or let them in if they're reaching out. So always remember, we are a community and we're a family and we're sticking together. And that is the end of that weird little segment thing. Next time, who knows what it's going to be. Next time I might try and play one of McGee's guitars. And, and he'll probably kill me. Um, so you'll hear a murder live on a podcast. Um, speaking of... No, I'm not even going to say that. Moving on. Um, we are going to talk about now one of my favorite people to yell about. Um, the very first Save Our Children press conference, which means we're talking about Anita Dan Bryant again. And um, I've been talking to McGee and trying to convince him to come up with a theme song for her so that whenever she's about to come up, the theme song will come up and you'll be like, ooh, it's Anita Bryant. Wah. But um, I haven't been able to convince him yet. Um, so anyway, on this date in history, in 1977, the very first Save Our Children press conference was given, um, and clergy from every major church in Miami showed up to support it, so I hope you have gotten better, Miami. I don't know. Um, she was, uh, Anita Bryant was speaking because she created Save Our Children. Um, she's just, keep the kids out of it. She was speaking up against an ordinance that had been passed in Miami that made it illegal to discriminate on the basis of sexual orientation. And she was mad about that she couldn't discriminate because she... Okay. She, in this press conference, decided to say that she had proof that the gays were, quote, trying to recruit our children to homosexuality. If anyone has that proof, please send it to me because apparently I missed that memo and um, I don't know how to recruit anyone. So if there's like an orientation um, and maybe some training, um, I uh, please shoot that my way um, because um, I want to be I, I want to be part of the community. You guys, y'all uh, tally. Um, I'm gonna have to start making a list of just the nutballs things that come out of Anita Bryant's mouth because she is. I mean, just. Saying that she has proof is just the tip of the iceberg. That is just a weird random thing that she couldn't back up. And then she just spewed a lot of stuff. She was kind of just like, she was like Trump before Twitter. And she just came out of her mouth and then like it had to go in newspapers and stuff. Oh man, I think she's still alive, isn't she? I hope she doesn't have Twitter. Anyway, so her protest succeeded. I think I've talked about in a really old episode. Um, she succeeded in convincing voters to repeal the ordinance, which then created a domino effect across the country uh, of cities repealing their anti-discrimination laws. And uh, Wichita, Kansas was one of the first of those. And so I am both owning up to that as a Kansan and also saying we see you, Wichita. And also um, hit us up because a lot of the Kansas activists are a little worried about you. Um, Y'all doing okay down there? It's all good. You know, hit us up. Make sure we want to keep our community good down there. Um, okay. Um, speaking of keeping our community together, we are a community. We save our children by loving them and accepting them and being wonderful people to children because children are the future and we are history and our children are history and we're all important in making that and so make sure 
to tell each other and tell your kids and tell yourself that we love you.